Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hot Mikeumentary Podcast. I am your host, Carol Witt, and this is a good episode today, y'all. It's a good episode. So come on in, sit down, have a seat. You got your drink, you listen to if you're at work. How you doing? Hope you're doing all right. I want you to sit down, have your ears open, make sure they're wide open, because the things I got to share with y'all today is coming from a place of love and inspiration. Inspiration that I got from a weekend spent with loved ones, and not just any loved ones, might I add, but my cousins, my first cousins. And in a black family, the title of first cousin is very, very important. Now, I don't know about white families. Hell, for a long time, I ain't even know white folks had cousins. But in a black family, you got to specify what type of cousin you are. Because if you a first or second cousin, that's game. You feel me? You tend to be closer to your first and second cousins. Everybody else just regular, regular cousins. It's them first cousins that you will win meal in the street for. You hear me? But I had the opportunity to spend time with my cousins who just happened to all be black women. And I learned so much from the past weekend. My heart was just full that it inspired me to do an entire episode about it. Now, the reason that I want to share these experiences isn't because I just want to share how my weekend went and talk about these people that y'all don't even know because y'all don't care about that. What I want to share is how the experiences of the black women in my family are relatable to the experiences of many other black women in America. And I say America because we have this unique culture here. We're descendants of American slavery. So because of that, there are certain unique characteristics of our culture that were birthed. And one example is in the black family, it isn't uncommon to show reverence or the utmost respect to the elder matriarch in the black family because the women is really what held everything down, is what kept us at our roots, especially during slavery. We turned to the black women to to keep some type of heritage, to keep some type of tradition because they took black men away from us. So it's the black woman that we show reverence to. But see, we never discuss what lies underneath all of that. Nor have we ever really dissected what type of roles black women play and how they influence who we become as adults. The time that I spent with the nine black women of my family, although we all had different life experiences and different personalities, we all felt the same thing when we were together. And that was love and validation. Growing up, you learn about friendships from your cousins. They're your first best friends. Of course, you may have siblings, but siblings are siblings. And that dynamic is special in its own way. But your extended family, your cousins, you share a special bond that really can't be explained. It's almost like it's unbreakable unless, of course, something catastrophic happens that you just can't come back from. But for the most part, it just seems as if no matter what, it's always love when you get to see your cousins. You're just happy to see them. It's different. In my family, we have a lot of women, so I have a lot of female cousins, and we never really all were together at the same time where it was just us. It's always been my aunts, my moms, and you know, every all the other people in the family has never been just cousins. So we all agreed to take a cousin's trip. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Normally, when you try to get black people to all agree on one thing, that is no small feat, let alone a vacation. 
where black people got to take off work because everybody know that black folks don't play about their damn job. But that didn't happen with us. And I'm so glad it didn't because it was a wonderful experience. And I also want to say this. I suggest that everybody, black or white, get a group of your family members together. If your cousins Male cousins get together or female cousins get together. If your siblings, make sure all your siblings get together. Whatever your relation is, get together and learn about your family. It is so beneficial. You know, don't bring your parents. Don't bring your kids. Don't bring your friends. Just get with your family. You will be so surprised at how much you have in common, regardless of the fact that you're family. But back to my point. Okay, so with the exception of two, my cousins are all older than me. I'm talking like seven and ten years older. So growing up, I would only hang out with the cousins who were more of my age. And, you know, that's so unfortunate, too, because I think it's so important for young black girls to have someone that isn't much older than them and more relatable that they can talk to and relate to and not just talk to, but feel validated and feel like they have someone in their corner that they can look up to, somebody that... Uh, lets them know that, you know, you're not alone in what you're feeling. I felt this way too at one point. Those things are important. Now, as a grown woman and being around my adult cousins now, I can appreciate and understand the value of our relationship and those shared experiences. During our time together, all I heard was, I love you. I love y'all. I love us. You know, I just, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I don't think that I heard I love you so much in one weekend than I've ever heard in my life. Not to say that, you know, my family or their families don't love them or they don't feel love where they are. It's just, it was a different type of love when I hear the women who are relatable to me tell me I love you. And the love was not only heard, but it was felt. I felt loved by these women. I felt seen. It was a feeling that I really could not explain until recently. I can only speak for myself, but I am willing to bet that they all felt the same way that I felt. There was a certain type of energy that allowed all of us to feel vulnerable because we were family. I think the reason we were all so willing and open to be around each other was because we all had a yearning to feel loved and it's not necessarily had anything to do with our particular family I just think it's that black women we get criticized so much about who we are that it was refreshing to be around other people who share your experiences not the fact that they were just family but they were other black women who look like me who talk like me who share the same experiences as me to be around each other and show genuine love so we all had that yearning to just be able to be vulnerable and supported by black women and that's not a luxury that is given to black women in this world we always have to be everything for everybody but when I was around those beautiful black women, we didn't have to be strong. We didn't have to be the matriarch. We were just allowed to be. The one thing that I can point out that I felt, in my opinion, that, that mattered most was I wasn't fighting to be seen for who I am. And even though we're family, I felt that we got to learn so much about each other as women that it was to the point that, okay, we're starting to rediscover each other. We're starting to get to know get to know each other as as adult women, because you don't 
keep your same mindset. You change so much from childhood to adulthood that you really don't know the people that you grew up with. So you have to rediscover who they are because everybody is so different because life makes you that way. You know your family through the lenses of childhood, but when you grow up and you have new experiences, some family might move away. And you may make new friends who sometimes may become your extended family. So your blood relatives tend to fall by the wayside and they push them to the side. And, you know, you might not hang out with them as much. And what we sometimes do as adults is we push family away because we feel like we're so different from them now. And they don't understand who we are now. So you spend less and less time being around them because you feel like you're just not you're not that person anymore. And you just feel like your family is is not worth the stress. And sometimes it's warranted because family can sometimes be worse than the people in the world. But if you have relatives that aren't toxic and, you know, you love them truly, I think it could help if you spend more time with them and discover new qualities about them that you may not have known. And that's what I feel like we did as a family with my family. I feel like that's what we did. We shared our insecurities. We shared our goals and dreams. We exposed ourselves emotionally. And and I felt like we felt safe with each other because we're related. And we didn't feel judged by each other. I don't think many of us have even shared the things that we share with each other to other family members. But we shared them with each other. And that's what makes it so special. And like I said, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I don't think that feeling that we felt was like any other thing that any of us have ever had the opportunity to feel. In a black family, young girls oftentimes don't get the opportunity to feel safe to express themselves, to express their emotions without being seen as a problem or worse, as the competition. Black girls transitioning into womanhood is a very critical time. You are soaking in so much. And if you soak in the wrong ideas about black womanhood, it can be detrimental to your mental state and your mental health as a grown woman. You might spend your whole life trying to unlearn certain things and you might not even realize that certain things were toxic. So you're just going to go on with your life being unhealed. This is why I say protect black women. This is why we say protect black women. It starts with protecting black girls. And who is responsible for making sure that black girls are are protected? Our mothers, our aunts, the matriarchs of the family. Sure, men play an equal role in protecting women and raising young girls to be women. But the women set the example of what it means to be a woman. And she is where our safe harbor should be. Every young black girl may not feel comfortable talking to their mothers or aunts about certain things. You should be able to. You know, growing up, I had so many insecurities. I felt so ugly. I felt like I had so many feelings and things inside my mind that I needed help unpacking. And I didn't feel like I could talk to any adult woman in my family about it. I wish that someone would have sat me down and told me that there was nothing wrong with me that it was okay for me to be this talking, talkative, outspoken, and inquisitive little girl that I was. I wish that I would have had someone to help me understand that a child has boundaries as well. But like most young black girls and black families, talking about how your feelings were heard and voicing your opinion is seen as an act of disrespect or you had an attitude problem. 
the same stereotypes that the world puts on black women. Those stereotypes start in the home and is heard from other black women, black women that you look up to the same black women that are supposed to make you feel empowered. So when your feelings are minimized and dismissed in that way by saying you have an attitude problem simply because you're voicing your opinion, it affects your self-esteem in a negative way. Now you're second-guessing yourself and you have a difficult time speaking up for yourself because you don't want to be seen as having an attitude. At almost 35 years old, I still have those issues sometimes. All the mouth that I got now, I still sometimes have to limit myself and be hesitant because that little voice in the back of my head telling me to watch my attitude or watch my tone, that's a trauma response. I'm so glad that I did the work to really understand people and understand how your upbringing really shapes you as a person. It sounds so simple. It's like, of course, your upbringing shapes you as a person. It sounds simple, but it's not. There are full grown adults who are walking around here unhealed, full of trauma, who still haven't realized that their childhood attributes to their toxic behavior. And the reason that they don't realize that is because there are certain dynamics in the black family that are really harmful, but we see it as normal and just a part of our culture. There is something that happened between our parents and grandparents' generation that really changed the roles of black men and women in the family. Now, this don't take this as fact. This is just my opinion, just based off my observation. During our grandparents' time, around 1930s, 1950s, the black men were the heads of the household. They worked, they took care of the home, they were the providers. Women really could not enter the workforce until about 1960, I believe. So women had a specific role in the family, cook, clean, take care of the children. Now, black women not only had to deal with the oppression of society amongst black people, but we also had to deal with the oppression of the black man in the home. Black women were basically subservient to men in those days. Even though these men provided and took care of the home, it doesn't mean that they were good men. Many of them, many of them had outside families and they physically and mentally abused black women. Black men were dealing with the pressures of being called boy in the streets. So they had to come home where the only place that they felt like they could be a man and show some authority. And black women was on the front line of this mistreatment. The children also felt the pain of it as well because the women were the caretakers and the men were not as involved. Black fathers in the 30s and 40s weren't big on talking about feelings and, and, and things like that because it was a different time. They provided for the children, no doubt, but the rearing and nurturing was done by the black mothers. And a lot of black boys and girls suffered because of the emotional absentee fathers. This trauma trickled down to our parents' generation. And these are the things that they saw and were witness to. They were affected by these things. Now, of course, this isn't all black families. A great number of black people came from healthy, loving homes. So don't think that this applies to all black people. I'm just referencing a specific issue within the black community. Now, because our parents witnessed certain dynamics in the home they have say they they may have this unhealthy ideology about black families because of what they experienced don't forget that most black families were very poor so when you add the the burden of of capitalism and, and 
trying to survive in oppression and racism and sexism is not a healthy breeding ground for a healthy family dynamic. As the years went on, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, more and more women gained independence. Black men no longer are the only breadwinner of and heads of the household. It's more about women's equality. You know, they still have a lead, but it's starting to dwindle a little bit. Women are starting to catch up a little bit. Eventually, more and more divorces start happening in the black family household. More and more one-parent households start to emerge. And this greatly affects how boys and girls are raised. For some reason, <laughs> black boys and their mothers have this certain bond that no one would ever be able to understand. But I don't think it's always been that way. Black boys haven't always been coddled by their mothers. Black boys are coddled bad. They are protected. They are given the benefit of the doubt. They are given so much room for mistakes. This is just my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that mothers feel like they need to overprotect their boys to compensate for the mother's emotionally absent father or because the child's father left. So they may be trying to fill that void to have some form of unconditional love that they did not receive from the man who loved them first. And that's usually their father. They want to have a man love me. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay with this man, whether stay son or not, I'm going to protect this boy. I'm going to love this boy. So he don't leave me. So he'll love me. I'm going to give him all this unconditional love, but you don't realize that you are hurting him. You so, you so busy giving your sons all the love and affection and attention. You don't have enough left for your daughters. We got to be honest about this. We got to be honest there. We can, you, you have to, uh, you have to agree that there is a distinct difference in how some black daughters are treated versus how black sons are treated by their black mothers. What they don't realize is that what black mothers who smother their sons and give them all this love and affection, they don't realize that they are creating black men who don't know how to be accountable. And quite frankly, these black mothers are responsible for upholding patriarchy by raising these boys to be sorry. But see, when these mothers try to finally put their foot down, probably usually when they become in their 30s or 40s or 50s at the latest. The sons feel betrayed because now the mom got to cut them off after all these years of being their safety nest. And the sons feel like, how could you do this to me? You my mother. Because for the first time in their whole lives, they've had to be responsible and held accountable for their own actions. And some mothers cannot handle that. They cannot handle their sons being angry at them. And it hurts them. It hurts them to see their boys struggling. They're boys, even though they're grown men. It hurts them to see their boys struggling because they've always been there to come to their rescue. But them daughters, <laughs> them daughters, a black mom and daughter relationship is complicated. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, you know that they love you, but it's like, do you like me though? You love me, but do you like me? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like that when a mother and a daughter relationship, it's like, I'll be there for you. But I know you're strong, so you're going to be all right. 
But why I got to be strong? I'm 12. You know what I'm saying? I'm a child. Why I got to be strong as a child? Kids shouldn't have to be strong. And we have to stop saying that black children are strong. And we and we need to stop saying that to black women for that matter. As if it's a badge of honor. Black girls have had to be strong throughout our entire childhood and adult life. I've always felt that I could not be lazy as a child. I couldn't be lazy. Even though that's what children do. You know, children are sometimes lazy. But I felt like it was more of a re- repercussion if I was lazy versus if my brother was lazy. You know, I always felt that there was an expectation for me to be better. Whatever better would be, I had to be that. I had to be the responsible one. Always. There was no room for error. Even though that's not realistic. Black daughters have had to be the parents of their younger siblings, especially when those younger siblings are boys. We had to be responsible like adults. But when we had an opinion, they may not be in line with the adults in our family. Then it's you better stay in the child's place. Well, which one is it? You value me enough to trust me to making sure that my siblings are okay. You value me enough to make sure that the house is in order when you leave, but you don't value me enough to take my feelings into consideration and listen to me. Even as an adult, you you still are fighting to be seen as an adult because there's something about the black family that you're never seen as a whole person with opinions. And when you tell them, no, I'm not going to do that or no, you can't speak to me that way or treat me this way. They take that as a form of disrespect when in fact it's like, no, sis, it's called setting boundaries and you will respect them or you will not have access to me. It's very foreign to families of a different generation because they've always been able to disrespect you quite frankly so when you get older and you say hey no this is this is wrong it's like what do you mean I was raised like this so you should be able to take this too this is the norm this is how we are supposed to do it but it's not and that's what we have to understand as black people that the way that our parents raised us when it comes to discipline and and emotional maturity is not okay it's not okay for them to be treated that way either so you have to set boundaries now that's difficult to do because we as black people love our parents our grandparents, our aunts, everyone. We love the people in our family. The older black women are the centerpiece to every black family. We don't go to the men to organize family functions or bring order back into the family. We go to the women. We go to the older women for wisdom, not the men, because the men get their guidance and wisdom from their mothers and sisters and aunts too. The elder black women are the glue that keeps everything together and we will be nothing without them. We need them for direction and connection to our heritage. We must protect them at all costs. So I never, never want to come off as if black mothers are are terrible because that's far from the truth. We as a generation respect them. So we never want to say anything or do anything to deliberately hurt them. But at the same time, we must highlight the shortcomings so we can fix them for the next generation. We don't mind giving respect, but the courtesy, that courtesy should be applied to us as well. You cannot demand respect from me, but disregard my respect because I came from your womb or because you're older than me. And another thing that I wish that black older women would stop doing to younger black women is dismissing our pain because you went through the same thing or you went through something worse. Just because you got through it or you think that you are quote unquote fine doesn't mean that what I feel or what I'm going through is irrelevant. I want the matriarch of the black families to start being real and start opening up about your insecurities. Start talking about things that you feel because it helps us. 
It helps us. No, you're not perfect. No, you're not perfect. And I want that excuse to stop saying, oh, I'm not perfect. No one expects you to be perfect. It's hard being a mom. It's hard being a black mom at that. So nobody is asking for your perfection, especially not your daughters. Because listen, once you as a mother start to open up to your daughters and say, this is who I am. I was insecure about this. This is what I feel. This is what I felt. Then your daughters can feel like she can trust you to come. She can come to you with how she feels without feeling like, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful. No, you're not perfect. But when you portray yourself to be this person, this all knowing, all seeing, I, I, I'm morally right because I'm the parent. Then when you make a mistake, we are going to hold your feet to the fire because you portrayed yourself to be so perfect and that you never did anything wrong because you never shared anything. You never shared your feelings. So no, you're not perfect, but that's how you portrayed yourself to be. So humble yourself, come down to the level so where your child can feel like this person can relate to me. This person is opening up because you want vulnerability. You want your parents, you want your children to share things with you. You got to share things with them as well. Our mothers are our first example of how black women should treat each other. So if you teach her to be overcritical, judgmental, then how do you think she's going to act towards other women? You are also creating a woman who is hyper-independent with trust issues and unable to have meaningful connections. This is why I try to always allow grace to black women. I always allow grace to black women and I don't immediately drag them the way that I do black men because black women don't have any allies. We don't have them growing up. We don't have them as adults and we do not have them in our men. Now I'm speaking in general terms, by the way, I'm not talking about all men, all women. I'm just talking in general. I try to allow black women space to express themselves. A lot of black women grew up with mothers who just did not know how to give them what they needed emotionally. So I always keep that in mind when I'm dealing with a woman, a black woman who may be combative, a black woman who just may not like me or just it might seem like she has an attitude. There is something behind that because we have a lot more in common than you think. A lot of women grew up with mothers who just really weren't very expressive or affectionate. And that's really not a, that's t- not totally the mother's fault. Listen, in order to heal and grow from trauma, you have to start realizing a lot of things. You can't really hold grudges. And, you, and you're going to really continue to be hurt if you keep holding up expectations that people are going to give you what you need when they don't even know how. You know, you just really got to release all expectations and accept people for who they are. Now, that doesn't mean allow people to mistreat you. It just really means to place people where they are or place people where they should be in your life. Sometimes we get so caught up in our feelings that we don't realize that our mothers are human and they really did their best with what they knew. You can't completely fault somebody for passing down something that was taught to them, even if it was trash. You know, if you grew up and all you ever heard was disrespect, foul language, and people treating you like crap, and nobody ever showed you any love, then you wouldn't even know what love looked like to give to somebody. So when when you grow up, you're going to mirror that behavior. And even though that, that behavior was hurtful to you, when you experienced it, you're still going to treat people like that because hurt people hurt people because that's all they know. So that's what I think about when I think about black parents is that the way that they grew up, they just mirroring what they saw. 
you know, our generation, my generation, we're just now starting to normalize therapy. You know, we we are just now actively trying to get rid of generational curses and we're teaching our children that it's okay to express themselves and we're seeing them as people first and then children. We're allowing them to be more open with us and and say how they really feel without being considered disrespectful. Something that we didn't get growing up, something that our parents didn't get, their parents' parents didn't get, you know? So we got to understand that these ideas are new. These these behaviors that we are trying to implement are new. So even though we can't change the past, today is an opportunity to learn how to be better and unlearn bad behaviors. One thing I learned from meeting so many different black women in my life is that many, many, many black women share the same exact experiences with their mothers. It's not unique to me. It's not unique to my female cousins. It's extremely relatable to a large group of black women and is rarely discussed in large groups of people because primarily people don't really care to listen to black women and how we feel. And also because black women don't feel comfortable enough sharing our experiences with other black women, unless, of course, we're close to them and even not even necessarily then because these things are really deep on the inside of us that we really have to get to a place where we can start talking about it. Because society definitely does not even talk about or promote the issues in the black mother-daughter relationship. And it sure doesn't talk about how to heal and repair it. So we have to start that conversation. We have to get together and start taking notes and comparing notes to each other and to say, how did you deal with this? And how did you deal with that? We really have to build a stronger sisterhood than what we have now instead of just staying silent and and doing the self-work on our own and trying to heal ourselves we can't heal ourselves so we got to come together collaborate and figure out what is going on what can I do to make my sister feel better what can I do to be the support for my sister be that if it's your family or your friends what's been bothering your sister since she's been a child that she hasn't dealt with we got to get to that point we can do that that's why this trip with my cousins was so important to me and was so beneficial to me because I was able to hear and listen to how these women felt, women who were older than me, who went through it before me to say, hey, they felt just how I felt. It wasn't just me. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't being dramatic. I wasn't being too overly sensitive, you know, and we in the same family. That was also helpful. It's like, okay, it ain't. So this is a common thing. You know, we talked about all these things and it was eye opening, even though I wish it would have happened sooner. I feel like it happened at the perfect time. Like I said, I encourage all black women to get together with people you feel safe with and allow yourself to be vulnerable and open so we can get better and heal because we all we got. I know it's scary, but the time that I spent with the women in my family left me feeling full inspired and empowered i hope y'all got something out of listening to this i hope you feel good and i hope you can see the love that i had it all came from a place of love it ain't never come from a place of malice it's all coming from love i dedicate this episode to the women in my family you are powerful you are intelligent you are beautiful i love y'all the rest of y'all i'll talk to y'all later on the next episode of hot mikey Mentory podcast i'm kara witt i'll talk to y'all later bye